sometimes I feel... I don't know. I don't know. Buona giornata. Buona serata. Buona giornata. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to get a bad You don't have to get a bad Attaccare! Attaccare! You know, <laughs> this is why we're almost 10 minutes late. Worth every second. It was worth, worth it. every extra it was second. So worth it. That is Lockie, congratulations. That is a fantastic intro. Thank you. You know what, Nick? Sometimes uh I don't know. No, sometimes <laughs> sometimes inspiration strikes. Uh you know, the the host of the show comes to you with a, a very specific brief and I, I like to think that, that that delivered on on the, yes. the outline that you set for me. I, I remember um we were chatting this morning, I think it was, or this after earlier this afternoon about uh that I didn't have an intro. And um, did come up. we did, we had to, you know, start to come up with something and, you know, we, we in ourselves in our off air time, we quote Tancredi Palmieri's uh, famous espressino line. A and lot. what is an espressino? Well, it's, <laughs> it's a pot of milk. It's a pot of milk. Nutella, with Nutella all over the, the world of the cup. cup. <laughs> it's a good one. It is a good I one. I haven't tried they, it yet. I wonder no. if they do that in, in Melbourne. I don't think they do espressino, but there definitely is time for espresso if you go to a, a Melbourne cafe. As, uh, you know, obviously this theme song, you might have heard it in previous FNR lore, um, going back about three and a half years now. It's been a long time since we've heard that theme song. It is the it old is. theme song of Mr. Dancing David Davidovich. And Lockie... You actually posted, well not posted, okay, you I, made the meme. I did. And our good friend Joey Lynch was the one who posted it. Yes, we never thought we'd old, actually see the The old today. video of uh, Dave Davidovich dancing to the football Q&A yes. theme song, God, and, God Rest His Soul. And the reason as well why it reminded me was because when I said espresso, it reminded me of Dave down at having the, the Having the Piadina. Having a Piadina. Uh, no, it was a toasty. And having the <laughs> espresso, as he said, and the Italians are up and about. We're going to talk about all of that. Obviously, you are listening to, I haven't even said the show name. It's the Euro show here well, on It is, it is the Euro Football show. If, if the whole Juventus espresso thing didn't give it away, yes. it is the Euro show. And uh, um, No time to take an espresso for Juventus. And no. apparently also no time for them to go to an accountant. Nick no, they, they definitely haven't been able to go to an accountant or definitely they're going to the wrong accountant and that's why they maybe should look up and in the uh, directory DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants because I'm good, sure it's a good show. they wouldn't have them uh, facing these sort of investigations at the moment. Uh, we'll touch on that in just a second. We'll have a look at the Crazy Serie A title race. Um, absolutely mental stuff Crazy. going on there at the moment. Uh, between Milan dropping points again, Inter closing the gap, Napoli with a big win. And then obviously at 6.30, we're going to be joined by Stan Sports own the man himself, the Stoll. Nick Stoll. The Stolich. Nick Stoll oh, joining us to talk Nick Stoll. a little bit about but Never disappoints, Nick Stoll. No, he doesn't. He never does. And a quick Only his teams disappoint him. Well, Barcelona started winning, and I'm mm, sure that point. he'd be able to tell us a little bit about what's going on with Barcelona and a little bit about what's happening in La Liga as well with Real Madrid and their neighbours, Atletico Madrid, who I really enjoyed seeing them fall to AC Milan in midweek in the Champions League. We'll touch on that all in about just over, or just about mm, about 20 minutes' time, I reckon. Beautiful. We'll see how we go. Lockie, let's, let's start with the Serie A. I mean, we, oh. it's been a crazy, crazy week. 
uh, when you look at some of the results that's been happening in this league. This is why it's the best league in the world. But, um, there are a <laughs> Instant lot of... propaganda. This is yes, great. This it is, is in good. my Twitter bio. I am a Serie A propagandist. It's just in the way it happens. If you listen to my content on this show, I will find a way to let you all know that this is the best league in the world. Um, crazy morning, really. Uh, yeah. Milan, Sassuolo, 3-1 win for Sassuolo. Milan lose a second straight game in the league. Um, and, you know, after beating Atleti in midweek at the Wanda Metropolitano, I really expected Milan to bounce back. Mike Magnon back between the sticks. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Um, they were battered after taking an early lead. Alessio Romagnoli scoring inside the opening 20 minutes. Minutes after that, Gianluca Scamacca, Marona. What a hit. I tell you what, like, if you haven't bought stocks in Gianluca Scamacca yet, you've already missed the boat because they are pretty damn pricey now and you know what if you did get on them early you have a nice well, little kitty Nick, waiting. whenever whenever i check you know over and watch milan's games or check the results in the morning when i'm not able to watch i always instantly think of you and how you're doing because i know you do mm. wear your your milan fandom yes. on your sleeve and mm. probably in other places as well um and i always just always just think of, of how is nick doing and i reckon you must have cut a very conflicted figure when you were watching this game because obviously yes sassuolo just just a great, just a fun football team. Yeah. They played, they played well, scored some ripping goals. So on the one hand, you're upset that Milan are losing. Yes. But then also, you're seeing a front three of Domenico Berardi, Jacques Raspadori, and Gianluca Scamacca. Yes. Two future Italian mm. starters and mm-hmm. one who's already, well, two are very much part of the present plan as well. Well. One maybe not that far away. Well, Scamacca should be in the starting you, line But you, mu- you must feel very conflicted because on the one hand, I'm sad for Milan, but to see three star-studded or brilliant Italian attacking forwards at either ends of their mm-hmm. career um, must also make you feel quite good. Uh, yeah. I mean, Sassuolo always beat Milan. If you haven't really been paying attention ever since Milan, Sassuolo got promoted in 2013-14, Milan have always had weird games against Sassuolo. Sassuolo got Allegri sacked. They famously beat Milan in 2014 in Keisuke Honda's debut game for Milan. Uh, Berardi scored a hat-trick that day. Um, There was, I think, that Sassuolo, literally the grim reaper of Milan coaches. It wouldn't be the case for Stefano Pioli, of course, because he just signed a new extension. But I believe as well that... If I'm really going back, I think Inzaghi's last game as Milan coach was also against Sassuolo. And it just seems like that every time Sassuolo either comes to the Sun City or Milan go to the Mapai, that they're always in for an absolute horror show. Like that they're going to be tested by just something that's in the water with Sassuolo, even though they've changed that many coaches since then. Yes, Lockie, you are just seeing that. Skamaka I just rewatched finish. that Skamaka goal. Unbelievable. Oh, my word. Yes, it was a, it was a cracking Golly gracious. strike. And the thing that I've noticed with Milan in this game, what, what really got me was, again, for the second straight game, individual errors costing them at key moments. Happened against Fiorentina with Tataroshano between the sticks and some mistakes with Matteo Gabbia. Today, as you will see when you're catching up on this third goal in a sec, Lockie, um, the, the third goal for Berardi, Alessio Romagnoli's day went from good to bad to terrible. Um, Berardi just wrong-footing him, sending him you know, flying across goal. An amazing finish in the end, and Romagnoli was sent off. But it's amazing how this has all happened ever since Fakaya Tomori went down injured. He's missed the last two games in the league, and Milan have conceded seven goals in this mm. period of time. Um, it goes to show how important he is to that back line. As much as Romagnoli has had a good season, mm. same with Simon Kier, um, the problems of playing them two together has gone back long before yeah. 
because they're not very quick centre backs. Well, and we saw in this game they were both. Yes. I mean, yeah, the the own goal. Not yeah, a that huge, was unlucky. Not a huge amount you can do about that, but gee, like that. Yeah. Alessio Romagnoli got absolutely yeah, and you see it as well by variety on that. On you that see third it one. for the red card. Romagnoli beaten for pace, takes out the player. The first goal as well, a mistake from Bakayoko at the back, and I thought Bakayoko was really good off the bench Is, against Atleti. But have, have Milan been experimenting with a three at all this year? Is three that, in midfield? No, in, at the back. Oh, at the back. They they get the three of them in. Could they they did against Juventus. Um, Tomori started right back technically, but it, they immediately changed it because yeah. Simon Kier got injured and Kalula was forced on in that game. So, the well, one what, thing, well, what do you think is the way forward here? Well, because I think, I, I think this isn't panic stations yet, Lockie. This okay. isn't panic stations because end of the day, this Milan team is not at hundred percent. All right, Tomori is out. Mike Mignon's just come back after two months on the Mm. sideline with a broken hand. He's actually come back a month early. Um, Davide Calabria, their starting right back, is out. I know Alessandro Florenzi started this game, but this was his first start in months. Again, Mm. similar thing with injuries. Um, Sandro Tonali didn't start. Again, the rotation policy of Milan coming through. And uh, going back the other way, as much as there's this fantasizing about Zlatan and even I know you love Olivier Giroud... um, about them leading the yes. line is that ultimately there's a trade-off in that because you lose a lot for what they can't do and they're not pressing forwards. They're not mobile forwards. They're very much, mm. they, they stagnate the way Milan attack. In fact, Milan actually looked best despite his obvious limitations, Ante Rebic leading the line because of literally the chaos he causes. Because Well, you know, it's, I, feel, I feel like that. <laughs> I feel like the, the transition from, from Rebic to a Giroud or Ibra type is literally... One, it's one end of the spectrum to the yeah. other. Like you've got one who or two options who are great at sort of link play, um, can be that person to bounce passes off, help facilitate those around yeah. them, not just their own striking abilities. But when it comes to transition, getting them up the pitch, yeah. uh, it's easier said than done. You're both coming towards... Yes. This is both a fine vintage. Just- Rebish, completely the opposite. He is... Never back to goal. He uh, the only Gun time home. he has his back to goal is if he's like going back and the ball's in the opposition team's position. Yeah, and he's, other than that, he is chest gun barrel straight towards the goal, going yeah, just the like forest ter- gum Terminator two style. But <laughs> the thing is though, with with Rebic and Zlatan, the difference is they, especially you notice that Rebic is a tendency with his off ball movement. He's actually pretty smart. I mean, he opens up channels for Salamakers, Diaz, and Liao, and. We know how good Rafael Liao has been this season. Mm. Same with Diaz and Salamakers. Very smart footballers. They really thrive off that. Remember against Liverpool, especially, even in that loss, the off-ball movement of Rebic dragging defenders across, being able to open up channels for Diaz and Liao to get in behind, even for Rebic to get in behind for one of the goals too. Um, with Zlatan, the thing that they're hoping for is that Zlatan can draw the, the pack. You know, like, we knock it to Zlatan, defenders are going to, Crap you're, the you're crumbing forwards. Yeah, and do you gonna... give do you give Rafaelio another As run through the middle? We don't have the options because there's no with Rebic injured. There's no one else to play on the left, and yeah. this is where Milan failed. And I'm being blunt: is the fact that what they failed with Jens Petterhalger, why they sold him? Yeah, because Jens Petterhalger was done terribly at Milan the way that they treated him for that season because he every time he played he was electric. Mm. Um. They don't have another left winger unless you're playing Junior Messias, who, despite being the hero the other day, we haven't seen much of Messias in what he's been able to do for, in a bigger body of work. So you can't really be drawing those comparisons. But what might happen is 
I wouldn't be surprised if this is an area Milan do look at in January. They have to look at getting some sort of other winger in there because Salamakers and Liao are playing ridiculous minutes because of mm. the injuries to Rebic. Hauger is a is a loan with an option to, to but buy. But he's, he's definitely going. It's an obligation to buy. It's yeah. an obligation to buy because the fact is Milan... Kind of like a lay-by, really. It is a lay-by. The deposit has been paid, and put it like this, Frankfurt are going to pay for him because he's, yeah. he's a starter at Frankfurt. He's a big-time player there, and I think yeah. that you know he's not going to come back and sit on the bench. As much as he actually has left Milan, and he always says, I've got nothing bad to say about my time there, when there was times last season where you're sitting there and you're going, why is this man mm. still on the bench? Well, and it's made worse by the fact that this weekend, as opposed to the pre- mm. you know the previous weekend, obviously it was Milan's first loss in the league going yeah. down to Fiorentina. The good thing, though, at least in terms of the title race for Milan that week, was that Napoli also lost. Yes, but didn't they happen won. this time around. They yeah, thumped Lazio. Well, this is Napoli just taking it to another level, and I think the interesting thing that they were still able to win so convincingly without Victor Osimhen, who's out for two months with a really bad facial yeah. injury, like compound fracture, I think it is in, in his uh, cheek. Um, Dries Mertens, I would say winding back the clock, but he's still got it. Uh, two goals in the opening half. I mean, the second goal. Unbelievable. Unreal. Ma- what a kick Ma- in the word of <laughs> Unbelievable kick. And also, though, without Zamba and Guisa as well in midfield, who's been a brilliant pickup for them. Um, they found a way to get the job done today. Lazio, they've got a lot of issues defensively at the moment. Um, just a cheap plug to Ante Nye's City Pod that we've done, and we've said it all season that this defense and the way they're set up in this, the, the, the defenders that play in the Sardi system at Lazio with Acerbi and Luis Felipe are just getting spanked every single week for the way in which they play. Mm. They're much better in a back three. They don't suit the back four. And Lazio's inconsistencies, again, coming back to the surface. So a tough game for them, but a big three points for Napoli. But meanwhile, Inter, Marona. I know I've said that word a lot tonight, but that's the, that's Just, the feeling. Justified at the moment. Because they have they have weathered the storm of playing Milan and Napoli back-to-back. They've come away with four points from that. They go to Venice. They win 2-0. It wasn't necessarily convincing. A nice goal from, yes, Hakan Chalanoglu. And Lataro <laughs> Martinez sealed it with a penalty. But Inter are right back in the hunt now. I'm surprised you didn't use the uh, the beep button when you said Hakan's name. <laughs> I, I couldn't pull it up Re- in time. But. <laughs> Redacted Chalanoglu. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Inter at the moment have really hit their straps. And I've got to say, they're finally starting to gel under Simone Inzaghi. Um, and I feel like there's an air of inevitability now starting to creep over them that I think they actually are shaping up to potentially win the Scudetto this season. Again, because they are just finding ways to win games. Um there's a there's an element of Death Star about them. I mean, they 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 are what, what they are doing, which I think is most impressive to me. Um, not just the way Inzaghi has, as you said, weathered the storm at the start of the season. They were winning games, getting results, yeah. now being amazing. But they have done all that and starting to pick up now. And you know, I think they're unbeaten in the last five. Yeah. Um, pick up in a situation where usually the departure of Antonio Conte, Antonio Conte. Uh, would leave a massive power vacuum, but yeah. Inzaghi weathered the storm, and he's just getting the best out of because a what lot of people, got, yeah. a lot of people were asking yeah. questions about some of the players they brought in, like why are you bringing in an aging Ed and Jacko into the fold? Why like, are you bring Hakan Chalanoglu? Yeah. Why are you bring Hakan Chalanoglu in across from the other side yeah. of the other side of town? Well, you, you can't really say that with Milan, can you? Because it's not the other side of town; literally the same stadium. Yes, but anyway, Chalanoglu has a number of assists this season. I mean, he had. Had some like fent- He's had some really good performances. You can make your own arguments as to what he does okay, to the collective, yeah, yeah, yeah. but stats wise, he's had a good yeah. season. And Jekko has been sensational, unbelievable, sensational, unbelievable. The, the way that Inzaghi has oh, it's not necessarily the most attractive football. It might have no. a bit of that 
Juve Death Star kind of ball. But we know that that's successful. Yeah, we know that can be successful in Syria. And Jacko is playing fantastic. Lotaro Martinez as well is having a decent yeah. season. To get both of them scoring goals, you know, sharing the load yeah. seven each. Well, the thing that I think stuff. will be interesting, the subplot with Inter going forward, is that they've actually made it past the group stage of the Champions League for the mm. first time in a very long time. Which is huge. Like, and for them, yeah, the, and the, 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 yeah. the reputation they have in that There's comp. a very good chance that, meanwhile, Milan and Napoli could both be out of Europe by mm. the time you know, the mm. knockout phase kicks off because there's a very good chance Napoli could bomb out of the Europa League. There's a very good chance Milan could finish fourth in their group still. Um, what this really means is that if that works the other way, how does Inter then cope with more games? Because I'm being honest, as much as Inter have a very good starting lineup, the depth is worrying. The fact that when they do start players like Matias Vecino and Roberto Gagliardini and Andrea Ranocchia, um, and Danilo D'Ambrosio, I know that a lot of Inter fans love him, but there there's is a big drop off. There's something about Gagliardini that I just, I just feel sorry for him. It's he's, just like, he's a, he's a waste. He's a bit of, of a nothing player. He's just, <laughs> he's just never, you know, taken the leap um, as all the hype yeah. when he left Atalanta. But um, I mean, look, it's a, it's a big win for Inter. They're getting points. The other team that's not though that we all picked this season to have a their bounce back after not winning the Scudetto last season was Juventus. Another loss for them against Atalanta at home. The issues in this team continue to just plague them, and it's especially in midfield. Allegri does not know his best 11. This squad is completely incompatible. He does not have the players, nor does he have, you know, not not necessarily even about having the system. He doesn't have the players to play the system he wants to play. And he's he's playing, you know, Adrian Rabiot or Weston McKennie out wide, and, you know, I've got oh, my I'm feelings still, about... I'm still reeling from the, the, the lineup they field, fielded. No, that, <laughs> that, that. But uh, I'm still reeling from the lineup they fielded in the Champions League game last week where yeah. they went with a flat four, of uh, four, four, two, all centre midfielders yeah. with McKennie and Rabiot playing but wide. The thing is, though, this team is completely, completely all over the shop and there's no easy fix right now because Allegri's living and dying by the four four two. I don't know why. Um, you know, he can easily go to a back three with Chiellini, Delit and Bonucci, which I don't know why he hasn't already, and try and, you know, steady things by at least just compacting the midfield, using Quadrado and Alexandro or Danilo as wingbacks, and getting the best out of that front two of Morata and Dybala. It's not happening. And I feel like right now, Juventus, there's, there's no way back for them, I think, this season. Mm. I'm putting it bluntly that... You know, they're seven points off fourth. They may be able to go on a bit of a late run and close the gap on Atalanta, but they've, they haven't lost in their last five in the league. I don't think they're catching any of the top three. So there's a big danger that Juventus could be without European football next season because they may be able to... They, it, I don't think it will happen. I think they will potentially play at least in the Conference League, but... There's a big chance that if Roma and Fiorentina continue to get results and the Roma have won their last two games, mm. there's every single chance that that could come back to bite them, these well, sort of results. Nick, you got your chance to push plenty of propaganda before, mm. just for the league in general. So I'm going to take, just on the basis of the fact that we're talking yeah. about Juventus, I'm going to take my chance to push a bit of my own propaganda about Juventus' opponents from yes. this weekend. Atalanta. Of course, my beloved Atalanta. I have like two, I have like two Serie A, like Sass and... Yeah, Atalanta. The by, by the way, teams. just quickly on Sassuolo, I know we've already talked about them, but they're playing Napoli next. Mm. That could genuinely be, and I'm, I'm not being hyperbolic here, 
the best game of all time. Oh, it definitely could be the greatest game of all if, time. If Victor Osherman was playing, unfortunately, he won't be available. Maybe that takes a little bit yeah. of the shine out of it. But still, the the way these teams are capable of playing, the way Napoli's playing at the moment, I think Napoli will win, if, but I think it'll be a fantastic game. If they say COVID stopped the world in March 2020, this will stop the world this for will. a second this time, will. just by based off how nuts this game but will be. But Atalanta, a win over Juventus, Duvan Zapata... Nice little weird goal. He just sort of yeah. caught someone, you know, playing him on side. Mm. Good weekend for goals off the underside of the crossbar, uh, clearly, yeah. uh, in Serie A. But Atalanta, they're only you know, seven points away from Napoli, but they're in the mix. They're in the mix. They're not that far away from Milan and Inter yeah. ahead of them. Mm. They're not out do we of give them. Uh, do we give them a sniff? I give them a sniff. Because they're going to get some more players back. Robin Gossens eventually will be back on that left-hand side. Mm. Hans Hatterbor as well. I think eventually they'll start to. They're, they're, they're traditionally strong finishers. Uh, mm. in usually the times where the top side start to labor, they find a way to start to get points because they start very slowly and then they pick up their pace as the season goes on. They don't, they don't peak early. And it, does, it has come back to bite them, when, especially in 2019-20, where they came very close to winning the whole thing, and they probably should have. Oh, um, but in terms me, of Juventus, before before we get to Nick Stoll in just a second, um, Juventus have had a really bad week, and there's yeah. an element of deja vu with this, and I think Juventus fans would be shivering at the thought of another situation to what happened back in 2005. Mm. Um, Juventus are under investigation at the moment. Their headquarters were ra- uh, raided the other day due to potentially another, some more dodgy dealings when it comes to their accounting. Um, they're being investigated for false accounting, Pavel Nedved being investigated, Andrea Agnelli. Um, and it's basically coming down to apparently it's the emphasis has been put on the plus Valenza. This is what it's called. Plus Valenza uh, deals with other clubs around the world. For example, how they were able to make swap deals for Miralem Pjanic and Artur which were both valued at ridiculous amounts of money, and both mm. teams were able to get massive... And I, and I do, do recall those, massive, both of those yeah, raising eyebrows at the time. Massive capital gain, uh, despite it all. Um, and there's so, so what we're seeing here is that this is how it's going. So Agnelli, Nedved, and Fabio Paratici, who's at Tottenham now, are all under investigation. They're three of the six suspects in this false accounting investigation. There's a big possibility that Juventus could have points deducted, um, I don't know if it will be at the same level of Calciopoli where they literally were relegated and stripped of two titles. That was very different because, you know, obviously that situation, mm. match fixing and, you know, everything that happened in, with Luciano Moji. But there's a big, big dark cloud, not just on the field, but off the field lingering over Juventus at the moment. And you know what? They just had their Amazon documentary drop as well. Um, and it hasn't been a good two years for the club. And doesn't well, look like it's getting better. It looks like it's only going to get worse from here. Mm. Sometimes I feel... I don't know. I don't know. Buona giornata. Buona serata. Buona giornata. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to get a bad attitude. You don't have to get a bad attitude. Attaccare! 